We'd like to thank the following sponsors. Welcome to a special Glass Build Connect edition of the Edify Studios podcast. We had the good fortune of sitting down with Nicholas Bagatellos of Bagatellos Architectural Glass Systems at the 2019 Glass Build America show in Atlanta, Georgia. We had a lot to talk about with Nicky Bags, as he's known in the industry. So we went ahead and chopped this up into a three-part special edition series for Glass Build Connect. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Edify Studios podcast, discussing the shift of architectural concepts into actual solutions, disrupting the current status quo, and having a blast the whole time. Here are your hosts, Brad Glauser and Brad Walker. Welcome to part two of our special Glass Build Connect edition of the Edify Studios podcast. No sense in delaying the goodness, so we'll just jump on in. Enjoy. So now you, you guys have, have folded into this, uh, this new development of um, from changing from working with your, your dad and, and you've stepped into it. The so actual bag, bag, yeah, yeah, bag, 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 architectural glass systems. And I'm going to say something about that. Please. Kind of cheesy. No. You know, I was in my 30s. It's, what are you about? We were, but we were, my name is Bagatello. So we were always like, hey, bags, hey, bags. That's sure. my yeah. dad, my brother. All of us have been, been called the bags. And I was like, hmm, Bagatellus Architectural Glass Systems. Oh, I could take my high school nickname and put it in my company. Now I'm like running a That's awesome, statewide actually. business. But I, I no, yeah. it, it would be it's weird. It's a great brand you, name. It's a great brand name. If you were forced to use a Z at the end or something yeah. else, that would be cheesy. That would be <laughs> a double bags Z. With two or Z's. like a hyphen Z, <laughs> right? And no, no, it's it, no, bags is, makes perfect sense because you took the name and you made it yeah. into the name so yeah. uh, it's it's magic i think you, you <laughs> should get a marketing award thank you well done <laughs> well done so bags is is now bags mm -hmm. and they're they're trying to uh build into this you've sold you sold the one that you you uh got into a funky contract on and then you sold the others now you guys have worked through those what happens how does bags keep keep trucking after so, that so so what happened was we were in the middle of that internet boom so we went from we did a million dollars in work the first year. We finished the other projects. So we did a million in the first year. By the end of that internet boom, so from 97 right. through about 2002, because, you know, we're glass. We're at the end of the, of the you know, we went from a million to 13 million in sales, which that, it was a huge that's growth. That's a huge jump. And, and it, that's a, it that's a massive well. jump. And it was all stick wall. We started doing a little bit of prefab, like, prefouled ladders and then the recession hit it decimated us sure we dropped back to maybe five million in sales you know the first year into that and my brother and i looked at a company walters and wolf and i say they're the best glazer in america 
They don't do, maybe in, probably in the world, Permis de Lisa maybe do a billion in sales. Sometimes they lose money. Yeah. Sometimes they make 20, 30 million, 50 million. That company has the best processes in the world. Walters They're Wolf. Walters yeah, and Wolf. Yeah. And they make money every year. And they know their sweet spot and they kill it. And I looked at what they did. They had unitized. They had their own design. Right. Engineering. I'm like, and that's my brother. I sure. went to my brother. I got an idea. And he's like. I like that one. So oh. that's actually a good one. We started doing some of our own design. We designed our own first system. And right. then we came out of that recession. We were going to the bay, and I had these great glazers that were better than us. And the way I was getting jobs is if they said no, 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 then I was like, I'll do it. And there was enough work that I was sure. able to build that 12 or 13 million. And then the same thing after the recession. And what happened was, yeah, there was an opportunity to do hospital work, and sure, Oshpod. Right. There, in the there was a, there was an enormous wave of Oshpod, Oshpod work that big. came, and there was legislation in 2000 that said over the next 10 years, every single hospital was going to have to be rebuilt or retrofit, and most of them had to be rebuilt. So, wow, my father, you know, this opportunity for design build hospitals came about, and there were three to six million dollar contracts, and my Those are great my contracts. old man said, don't ever do Oshpod. Those guys at the state are crazy. And what did we do? <laughs> exactly we, that. Exactly, exactly the opposite. <laughs> we did Oshpod. But what happened was the generals and the architects realized that they weren't going to be able to get all of this done without going through a true design build process. So they offered yeah. hundred to two hundred thousand dollar design contracts. Was that to just get kind of like Oshpod. they woke up and said, Oh, we actually design bid build doesn't work, so design build should work or well, no, how I wh think wh everyone that? realized that to do the normal design process on a curtain so wall is arduous. about thirteen months. Yeah, yeah. But with Oshpod it was three years and there's like there's no oh, way my Lord. so they realized the generals realized in this sector, we're going to do that. So I was lucky enough to take that risk, go against what my old man said, and he was probably right. He was right. He was right. But what happened was we were able to build an engineering team around Oshpod Works. So from 2000 wow. through 2005, I built a six or seven person engineering group. And right about that time, I was, I was given the opportunity to present on a $30 million design build Oshpod project in San Francisco. And what happened was they no brought way. in all the big guys and in the RFP I read through it and I'm like, they're only bringing me to the game because I've got Oshpod experience. All the big guys had said no to all the Oshpod work. I had five years experience. So right. they're like, they're going to get me in the room to hear what I have to say, but they're going to give this to the big guys. But it's practice. I get to sit hey. in a room on a gigantic project and practice. Let's you know? go after it. Sure. So I'm like, let's go. So we did all of the normal stuff for the RFP. The last two or three days, I read through it. I'm like, oh, they want us to follow Lean, the Toyota way. And I'm like, ah, I went to Amazon, ordered the book. I read the book, you know, the Toyota way yeah. over the two days before the meeting. They also said, you're going to do BIM and you're going to use Revit. I went to have my head of engineer. I'm like, can you use Revit? This is 2005? 2005. Ugh. And he's like... I've heard of it. I don't know. Let me download wow, a Wow, you know, 2005 uh, yeah, Revit. Me, that yeah, must have been. Let me download a, you know, a demo. He did. He came in the next day, so the day before the presentation. And he's like, yeah, Nick, I can use it, but the tool's cumbersome. doesn't really work. Nothing of value to our industry. And I'm like, can you use it? And he said, yes. And I'm like, don't even say <laughs> but. You can do it? And he's like, 
Yes. yes. So I went yes. into the meeting, did my presentation at the end. I said, you know what? We're going to BIM this job and we're going to use Revit. And they're like, oh, you know Revit and BIM. I'm like, no, but my head of engineering yeah. says he can do it. And they're like, oh, okay. And I said, and we're going to Kaizen this job and oh, use yes. Lean. Ooh, and they're like, look at all so you know Lean? Work. I'm like, no, but I read the Toyota Way over the last two or three days, and if that's what you want, we will sit in the big room and do what you say you want. Yeah. Well, Kaizen I this. swear to but God, that whole innovation thing, I said yes. My competitors all said no. Sure. This is how we build. Oshpod's hard enough. We're going to do it our way, or we're not going to do it. And literally, to my surprise, 10 days later, they're like, we want you to do this job. The design, wow. the right words. The design the right words. for that project was $2.8 million. Just the design. Just the design. So, and I built an engineering group that learned Revit because of that job. So we went through three years of fighting and wrestling with a tool that at the time yeah. wasn't ready for prime time, but my players Also wasn't learned. ready to think inside the curtain wall box. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. So right? I yeah. created my own workarounds for like, Five years. I tried to use the tool. Like your engineering standards, all those processes. Everything had to change, and but I was building it around that sure. and that innovation sure. model. And what happened was, by that time I had five or six engineers. Two of them quit. <laughs> Two of them just said, "No, we nope. can go do what we've been doing for twenty years somewhere else. Right. We'll get paid the same. We like you, Nick, but we're not going to do this." At thanks, this point no, thanks. Crew. We're out. Two of them faked it, and it took six or eight months before we realized, and they were gone. Two young guys took to it, and I ended up bringing in guys that had been working with my CNCs and doing G code. They were interested in the next step, and those guys, yeah. I'm like, "Are you guys interested in learning this tool?" And they're like. Yeah, I want to get off the floor. I gave them the opportunity. Two, three of my of my lead engineers, wow. no college degree, started on my factory floor. So, what I learned was those tools can embed so much more information, oh, yeah. and actually, having curtain wall experience can yeah, yeah. almost slow your adoption. So, my. 15 or 16 engineers, every one of them is keen and open to innovation and applying the next generation tool. And that's that's been remarkable because I just want a project from an, a, the best firm in the country. And the reason I got the job is because the job needed 12 to 13 months to design. They needed product on site nine months. I agreed to nine months. They didn't believe me. I signed the contract and committed. They saw my factory and my engineering. Right. I delivered in nine months. Something wow. that would have no taken way. me five years ago, 13 months. <coughs> Easy. So the tools, Easy. right. The tools oh. are literally adding value. And, and it's, I didn't Was go, it? you know what? There's going to be later labor shortages <laughs> as we approach 2020. And so we're sure. going to use these tools. Newsflash. <laughs> I, I had no idea, but I said yes to the innovation. And now my engineers can do 30 to 50% more than a guy who's really good at AutoCAD. And it just happened because I said yes. Yeah, you said yes. And, and, and that's the piece. Well, so for me, yeah, yeah. I'm Go just going to touch quickly on the fact that nine months is insane. 
It's <laughs> like yes. I literally break out in hives if it's less than 12 months, right? Like I, I will break out in a, in, a, in a rash. So I know nine months can be done. Kudos to you for actually, you know, jumping on that opportunity because there are a lot of people that would absolutely go, no. Right. And, and, and it's the majority, nose. The majority. Well, the nose never win, right? Five like they just years don't. ago, I did say no. Right. Even two years ago. But I started with these tools 12 years ago. Six years, I finally started wrangling and figuring out how to use them and do the workarounds needed to make the tools work. It just sounds like you developed your own program, though, like inside it, Revit. Because I got, but it, what it took was I'm using Revit. Yeah. Right. I'm using... Um, I tried to use Revit as my manufacturing tool. Didn't work. No, but what I did is I, I bought SQL databases, which cost me tens of thousands. Sure. And an IT person who can, pro and I connected it to Inventor. So now I have direct connection from my Revit wow. to my Inventor, but it took years to sure. create the was libraries it, that are transferable. And there was an interesting move that you mentioned here when you said you brought the CNC guys off the factory floor into the engineering department after those couple guys left. Right. Was it was the intelligence of the practicality of what that CNC could do from a six-axis machine bringing it into, like, the 3D world of Revit, understanding, because that application helped that process happen further, or did the, because uh, I'm, there's so much horse sense that's in our industry as far as like, man, this guy's got seasoned curtain wall experience. He's got seasoned envelope experience. Bring them into a state where they can actually then apply that knowledge upstream. Mm -hmm. Was that was that a was that a seed to bring that into that area? I'm just I'm curious. You know, no, no. At the time, here's what happened. Sure. We brought we bought the CNC. Okay. I'm like. My head of engineering can program. I'm like, I can't have you on the floor. You got to be working. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, Nick, don't worry. We got right. this. There's got gonna this. be a kid on the floor who's a gamer. Yeah. So true though. Who's going to want is, to do it? And I'm like, that's what I was hoping. I'm I like, I see him all the time. Okay, that's a lot of trust. I got a couple of half a million dollar or more machines that I'm buying, and my brother, who's spending the money, sure. I'm like, we'll do it. My brother's like. I'm scared. We're not. So what happens is the German guy sets up the machines, right. and like third day in, he walks into the office to me and my brother to tell us progress, and he's like, everything is going well. He's like, there's this boy who wants to see the manual. And I'm like, and he's like, I'm not going to give. And I'm like, give the kid the manual. Give him the manual. Give him the manual. Literally, three or four days later over a weekend, he's in the he's shop, got it. and he's starting to G-code. And I'm like, okay. What? He brings one hell? of his buddies right. in. Sure. Who works on the factory floor. When he moved into the office, that kid took over. And and it's it's been a model for us and, and, and a reminder. You know, my, my dad was a glazer. There was never a time in my career right. that a glazer or one of my people came to me and said, hey, Nick, I see a better way. That I said, shut up. I'm the boss. Right. I'm going to do it my way. I tell you, you know your place. Way. Buddy, oh my God. I, no, it was always, yeah, I'm You're right. Yeah, tell I'll me, let you know but, the better but way. But the problem I'll was you know. without something like lean and a process in place, right? To try to facilitate, you know, we have 200 people working for us. Sure. How do you get those lessons learned in? And building the procedures gave us a place to take lessons learned from my factory floor, from my field, yeah. and embed them in procedures. Sure. We're strict about procedures, but we're we also have a procedure to, to create continuous improvement. So every person on the floor, every person in the field, everyone in engineering has that right. Has the right, and we have a process where yeah. they can submit it, 
And then the group decides, and this is why we're going to, or this is why we're not, and this is what we're doing instead of that. Are those tracked like on a daily format? On a, you know, my factory floor in the awesome. last year has had 75 improvements. And we went from, in the first three or four years, we had like 280 improvements. Right. And we've just steadily making improvements. Safety improvements, process improvements that have helped. And that, that bringing that young man the into... Gamer. The, the gamer I love who, this. I love that. who now is, he's my junior estimator. He's my number two person in developing my BIM models right. to develop my pricing. You wow. Know? Yeah. And, and but the real success comes from not living in the, in the, in the dumb, the dumb ass bubble of <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right? right. Like anybody who says that is going to fail because they are not going to be you know, moving right. forward like you are. Yeah. And the other thing is, is, is it sounds like as much as you're involved, you also kind of stay out of the way. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, these guys can easily get in their own way. Now, now that's probably I not think, true for you I guys out there who work like, for this guy. But Some people would say he's uh, not doing anything. Well, well hey, am. that's fine. I am. But as long as you're like. You're talking to us on the podcast right, right now, Nick. Right. What are you we've, talking about? We've talked My to guys are installing units, and I'm here like. <laughs> There's a, there's a very with Brad and Brad. yeah there's, there's there's a very powerful thing though of working working on your business more than in it right right like you you have a responsibility now right. that you've built this a uh, this organization and the organization is going to do what it needs to do right and Nikki Bags needs to do what he needs to do which is continue to drive and innovate and innovate and innovate and 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 not worry about everything that's happening on the on the on the floor of the right. facility right. Because that's not where you need to be, and that's not where they need you to be. Right. So recognizing that, because a lot of it gets clogged up. Right. And and with the innovation now, yes. You know, there is the there is the potential to track every cut, every milling, and and connect those to the model. It's not being done yet, but I see it, and right. it will be done. Ten years from now, all of the winners in this game will be doing that. It the tools aren't quite ready, but as the tools evolve. I'm going to be using them. That's, I want to be that's right behind point, that actually. cutting edge. That's know? an interesting point that you say that within the next decade that'll work. Your adoption to Revit has been since 2004 and five when right. you actually made that switch. Right. I just think back in 2004 and five on how that, oh, geez, just the just the technology like that was just when like like GDS estimating software was like. Right. Hey, you can build a 2D elevation, and it will spit out a material parts list for you. Right, right. right? Like with uh, massive amounts of input in advance to get the program to work. Right, right, <laughs> right. So I'm just looking at it from a from a now now look at this opposite side of it. Now we're 2019. We're like 2029. That 10 years of understanding the processes of what BIM, what Revit, and what the 3D world can bring to this industry. Right, it's it's huge. It's a, it is a sea shift in what is you, going to be possible. Do you think that that's the only direction it can go and that will be the attrition of the industry of companies? Yes. Okay. A absolutely. Tell me about that a little bit. Well, so 13 months, nine months. How do you beat yeah. someone who can say, I yeah. can do this in nine months? Yeah. You 13 can't months? Beat nine months. Nine months. Right? Well, I and, mean, just and a lot of money on even matter money. in yeah. nine months? It's, it's, right? it's really it's weird, but that, 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 that couple of months, that four months, 
is, is a hu huge difference. There's a huge value. I mean, there is a massive amount of value that can happen. And there's a massive amount of, if you're not ready for that nine months and you don't have processes and procedures in place for that nine months, it won't be nine months, right? No. right? You know that right. straight up. Right. So, and, and honestly, I believe that over the next five years, I'm going to be able to take that to three months. I do. Are you kidding me? No, I, 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 I believe I that you really could because if you say it, I believe it. <laughs> so that's 12 weeks. Yes. I'm just thinking. I think in my. I think in the the world. I can't of get returned shop drawings in 12 weeks. Right. I just well, think of the. <laughs> see, so that's. I think there's going to need. We're going to need to retrain the the AC community sure. about the possibilities, and that's not going to happen on the. 390, I'm making up a number, but the half a million buildings that are built okay. next year. It's going to happen on a select group of buildings that the owner, the contractor, That's, the architect yeah. brings in a team that can bring something with modularity to the market faster. And those companies are going to gather one or two or three subs that can integrate one another's work rapidly and those companies are going to get those type of jobs. That in, that piece of the industry is going to evolve that way. And once the industry develops, that piece of the industry develops the tools, then it will leak into the other places in the industry, and no, then it, it will it yeah. will take off and become a standard. But but Look, the, you I'm, know, there's I'm not going to I'm not going to refute it, Nick. To tell you that from <laughs> from what you've said, just of saying like I came back from Jim. Germany, understand the full day curtain walls, and said, yes, 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 and you constantly got, well, that's too expensive, too expensive, too expensive, but all you too did... Too much risk. You know what my old man told me? It was, he's like... <laughs> he's like, Nick, Glazers can't install electrical... They'll get electrocuted. Oh, really? And I sat in yeah. a meeting with, with an can. electrician, he's like, we can't put in glass, it's going to leak, and I'm right. like, ah, you know, it's... it's <laughs> right, no, 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 I... I'm just thinking about it from like what I look from back when you're in your Germany experience and like all you did is come come back and you're like, no, you know what? I think it was one of those like as the tide rises, those boats go up. Yeah, right. For sure. right. And so and, and all those boats go up, those boats that are anchored and that don't have the slack, that don't have the flexibility, that are so dyed in the wool of this 2D operation mm -hmm. will be tied to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And then as that tide rises, that'll happen. But I, the reason why I bring that up is because <laughs> when you say that it can happen, go from nine to three, and my aluminum brain says, um, wait a minute. So if, if I've got just 12 weeks for to cut dyes and actually, like, produce a system and finish it, that's a, tw that's a typical 12-week timeline, right? Right, 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 and so I'm looking at it going from a deliverable of a of an ins of a of a unit wall product in 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 three months. I'm loving that it's blowing my brain right now. No, for I'm sure. I'm loving that it's literally just well, breaking. But what if, but the what, barriers. if I'm, what if I'm buying? You know, if my analytics show that I'm buying, you know, thirty five hundred stock lengths of heads, sill horizontal. Right, right, right. I know that, and I know with my analytics that we're using from my past models and my future models that I'm going to be ordering this much of this system i mean every single yeah. grocery store does that yes so they why the shouldn't i have the extruder ready to extrude and delivering to me within 24 hours and know six months in advance when yeah. i am going to be wow. ordering that's that's not no. that's not unreasonable that's possible 
if you have the tools, right? Yes. All of those things can be reduced if you have great partnership between that full value stream. And, and it's your supply chain and, and, and it, managing it and, and, and pushing it to not just be what everybody else gets. And, also. and that's part of that Toyota way. It's like oh, Toyota yeah. didn't do all of that on their own. They no. enforced specific requirements on product types engineered it, yeah. worked with their downstream right. now manufacturers. I'm now I'm thinking a little bit outside the box. Right. It's breaking my... Uh, so we're talking upstream value stream. We're talking downstream yeah. value stream. We're talking everybody actually involved in that. I'm also I'm still kind of on that world of like, this is well, your problem. It's, it's getting everybody else caught up, though. Yeah. I, I, was, sitting, okay. I was sitting with a uh, one of the biggest, best glass fabricators in the country last year. And I sat down with my team, and they were like, you know, in Vegas at one of the one of the, the BEC. Sure. Okay. And they're like, Nick, what can we do to make us a better supplier for you? And I'm like, you know, let's change how you bunk and ship to us to make it easier, so we don't have all this. And they're like, oh, we've had <laughs> studies with mm. universities that yes. show this is the best way to do it, and it's the most cost effective. And yeah, we we looked at that five different times over the last ten years, and I'm like, so where is it? Nothing. They like. So, so which one are you doing then? Right. <laughs> they do the boxes sure. made of wood that's the cheapest, easiest for them to do, right? Okay. So, but if you think about it, if I had a. Has nothing to bunk, do with fabricating glass, by the way. No. Like you, they right. asked, and your right. answer has nothing to do with like right. how they're fabbing it. How do you get or, it to me? So, yeah. you know, you if you had a standardized me? bunk that was standardized with my manufacturing and you shipped it with that so I didn't have to open anything, it. It came in the unit order that I'm fabricating my yeah. unitized curtain wall. Yeah. I might save, you know, I might save for every unit 18 minutes. Well, 2,000 units on a job, 18 minutes oh on the God. movement of Adds glass. Up in a heartbeat. The most dangerous thing that I do in my factory, which is moving And the most to liability, too. Right. So you want to touch it the fewest amount and, of times. But if I could get that vendor to shift the way that they're doing that, they're going to become more valuable to me. Absolutely, Maybe sure. they could, I could get my Absolutely. brother to like, yeah, <laughs> release give him 15 cents more a square yeah. foot because I'm picking up 28. Sure. You know? There's room so for it. There's room for those Miles things. Per you gallon, just miles per gallon on all this. All the yeah. players. Absolutely. So that was a year ago. Now they've developed this bags rack or no? No, no, no. Because <laughs> they Because, asked, right? I, because. Because, and, and what I've found is I have 30 great innovation ideas that I'm trying to implement within my company. Yeah. Only 30? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I just built a chart that's probably, once I fill it out, it's going to be like 60, and but that's another story. But what I've done We'll is, save that for another podcast. Yeah, right, right, exactly. what, I've, what I've realized is, I and I know this, I need to find the piece that has the most value to the most dire strait. So I need yeah. things that make my installation safer, easier, faster. So if I can do that, I want to find an innovation that's going to allow my field guys the least friction. If that makes it harder for my factory, then my factory is going to have to do it in a way that they that isn't as fast and isn't as easy. And if my factory finds a way that's better, then my engineers are going to have to find a way to do it the way they want. So it's looking at the innovation, looking at the changes, and see where they bring the most immediate value in the next six months. We just picked up a software tool that I am going to pay for two years of the tool on the administration of change, out, change orders on 
a large oh. retrofit job. I'm doing a job where it's a 50-year-old building. They're taking the skin off. There's existing precast. The architect wants perfect symmetry. Sure, sure. And the floors over a, over a single floor line sure. are six, six inches. In, six, oh, six, 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 yeah, yeah, six inches. That's what we would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. How do you <laughs> rectify that in the process? You know, you you need with a change order. Well, well but what's going to and there's stuff in place. So what's going to happen is yeah. they're going to open up the wall. There's three subs that come before me that they're not going to have their stuff done. My guys are going to be sitting in front of the hole, six men at 96 bucks an hour. Sure. And instead of getting 20 units a day, we're going to get seven and maybe 13, maybe 22 and then seven. And I am one. And right. And, and I am units. going to be yeah. the goat because at the end of the building, the owner's looking up and there's not glass in the building. Right. And that story is very hard to tell. So I'm going to use is. a tool that allows me to identify. Is all this a 3D scanning? We're, we're scanning and we're using it. It's just about how you collect the data, put it into my schedule and use that to show the owner and the contractor in advance. Here's where my adjacent subs are going to fall down. I'm building these right. units. They're sitting waiting to be installed. How can I help you to keep them out of my way? And then giving them a tool because they don't understand the process no. enough to know where it's going to fall down. I right. do. So how do I communicate them in a respectful way? Because if you ever tell a contractor anything, they're like, shut <laughs> up. You're a sub. You're yeah. a sub. You're a sub. Like, <laughs> even that word, it's like. Sub is the worst. I'm not going to really go there, but Ugh. there's like sexual connotations that I don't even <laughs> want to know. And that's who I am. The general always looking yes. over my shoulder. Right. You're the sub. Subservient. Subs <laughs> yep. So I um, I want to build tool. a tool yeah. that makes them able to do their job better without saying, hey, I'm going to make you do your job better. Because if you tell them that, but if you give them a tool to maybe yeah. get oh, the, yeah. I'm thinking live the superintendent this. a way to bunk someone else rather than me, and then show them if they have to bunk them, hey, that's $93. That ninety-three dollars, two thousand times yeah. around the job that I usually—I don't know. You know, those are the things that I'm trying to get. To those help. are huge because we're—and and that's a huge thing right now because I think we're about to see, at least in our markets. And I, I can't believe that you guys are that far off down there. Is like the retrofit, reskin, reclad, is massively uh, coming forth in in this in the Pacific Northwest markets, huge. where all these great new buildings were built, and then the guys across the street have to do something. Right. Um, whether it's those, whether it's to get code compliant yeah. or just right. to to, just to, to compete, keep up with the Joneses just to a to certain compete degree. in the residential world. I mean, yeah. those Class right. A office spaces that were built in 1978 through 1983 right. are, are now all single pane. Right. They're they're you know their U value. That's is, my hotel right is, now. Where I'm at. Right yeah, now. is a is best of one. 175. Eight. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, you know, and that, that, there's innovations out there. I'm I'm working with. Um, Guardian Industries on their vacuum insulating glass. Oh yeah, you know that's oh, that's yeah. an improvement. A one-inch light of glass that has an R value of two. You put some argon in it. Maybe you get to an R two and a half. You put it into a system. It bleeds fifty to sixty percent. Yeah, you've got a wall that's R one. Even with thermal breaks, you're, you know, you're sure. R one point, you know, five, mm -hmm. R two maybe. Right. This glass performs at seven hundred percent better. So and glass. think about the possibilities yeah. of glass what is the majority. 
know. Well, glasses, so are, glasses are already doing the heavy lifting, right? We can all admit that aluminum does no favors thermally. Even if you break it, it's still it's, doing, uh, it, you know, above par. It's a great conductor. It's a it's <laughs> yes, excellent, excellent yeah, conductor. Copper is a little doing. bit better. If but, you're you looking know. to um, transfer energy from cold in. Uh, it's perfect. Hey. And glass <laughs> has been glass has been picking up a lot of the lion's share of the right. of the load for a long time. And but the thing about vacuum, first of all, we are massively begging for vacuum to really make its way um, because it's been around for a while. Right. Well, but the thing is, technology has finally caught up to the to the innovative minds that are like, we can do this. We can make the space between two lights of glass like outer space. You can yeah. literally reduce it to a point where nothing can be transferred through. But, you know, they're using robots and they've got the super flatness that literally five years ago you couldn't buy. There was like yeah. eight or ten of those furnaces in the world. Yeah, you couldn't now that, that technology is ubiquitous N to get the flatness exactly. and the tempering and that nominal sure. space between to create the vacuum insulation. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, the technology yeah. is upon us. Now it's incumbent upon glazers to take the ball, run with it, and show the, the AEC community that there are possibilities. It is incumbent upon and us. It You're is. absolutely and, right. And, and in a lot of times, uh, not a, an industry that's known to have as many Nick Bagatellos as is running at innovation. <laughs> like, I love this industry and I'm passionate about it. Not running, sprinting. Not like just a like, <sighs> like a lot of guys I'm are sprinting. backing away more than that. Right? Like they're like, um, right. we'll be over here. And that's and maybe that's... As they maybe, disappear into uh, the bushes. Like, <laughs> podcasts like this... Hopefully, will help. And what's going to happen? Has to. Is Podcasts if, just like this. Yes. <laughs> it, <laughs> what's going to happen? And I'm going to warn you guys: if you've got a company that's going to do it the same way for the next decade, there are going to be upstarts that take your market away from you, and you're going yeah. to start too late, and you're going to miss that curve. You're you're going to be behind, and that innovation curve is going to hit, and you're going to be the guy who knows. You've been taken to the contractor to lunch and going golfing with them and whatever else it takes right. to get the contract. And then someone else is going to have none of those contacts, doesn't know anybody in the market, but they're wow. able to do things that you can't do and they will take your market. Yeah, they absolutely will. Because if you're not doing it right, you're, you're right. Because if you're not doing it already, you're late already. Yes. You're already, you're already late because even, even the concept of like, this is how we're going to run our business. That doesn't just happen overnight. You don't wake up and go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to follow the bag strategy. Let's so, go. Yeah, my know, brother, yeah, my go brother ahead. is writing a book called The Bag Strategy. <laughs> no, my brother is like, don't tell people. And I'm like, come no. on, dude. You and I believe in this passionately. We had to get rid of 70% of our engineering staff to facilitate this. Yeah. The big guys, how can you be Permis Talisa with a thousand engineers and say, we're going to change and have three to 500%, wow. three to 500 right. engineers quit and go somewhere else. You can't do it. You yeah. have to start incrementally in those big companies, which is hard, you know? So, But you can't be afraid to, to, to give away the, the Colonel's 11 herbs and spices recipe. Yeah. Here you know what I mean? Like you were just right. say, saying something to me the other day. It's, it's not about having the secret strategy because you can tell everybody the exact strategy, exactly. whether they implement it right. or whether they find the right people to implement it is totally different. Right. There's the that's that's give it away. And they have the, the the wherewithal and the willpower to move their teams towards the idea yeah. of innovation and change. Well, there's people hate yeah. change. 
the key is find people who want to change and then they will take over the change or show the ones that are scared of change that it can make their life easier and better and then they will take the ball and run with it. Thanks for listening to the Edify Studios podcast with hosts Brad Glauser and Brad Walker. To learn more about Edify Studios, visit www.edify-studios.com. That's www.edify-studios.com.